With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Peacock. I love it. It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinole. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to an Arsenal party. Right, guys? Down to party Rip. all night. Didn't quite have the energy that I was expecting there, but um, I'm, I'm here with Ash. Welcome, Ash. Hello, mate. Uh, I'm also here with Matt. How you doing, Matt? Very good, Pete. Very good. Um, is this one of the most exciting days that Arsenal has had in the last decade? It's a relief, for sure. It's a relief after uh, the long weekend. Arsenal Twitter in meltdown. Uh, I was in meltdown. was convinced that uh, we had a certain Leon playmaker coming in. And then, uh, and then from those highs, it was down to... Is this a four out of ten window uh, where we've been gazumped on the last day? Is this Luis Suarez? Is it Cav- Cavani? Is it all those players that we missed out on in the past? And then, uh, and then, and then it's turned out all right. Ash, how are you feeling about Thomas Partey landing? Top line, top line. I, I think it's the player that a lot of us have wanted for ten plus years. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm excited, relieved, for similar reasons to Matt to be honest. So um, I, I, I don't think you can truly enjoy uh, a transfer story unless you get into the, you know, the psychology that was probably going on with a lot of Arsenal fans. I think this year um, the internet's been particularly crazy. I think people uh, are bored, mostly locked down, not living their normal lives. So they're, they're, taking, they're taking it out on, uh, 
on journalists with interest in football stories. So, um, what, what did uh, what did everybody think going into today after being uh, after being fobbed off by Aulis Jorginho, uh, hearing about the Jorginho rumours, and um, just g- generally like give, give us a, give us the take. Where did you think this was going? I thought we would end up with I thought we'd end up with Jorginho. That was my that was my gut. I thought. We'd put all our money and efforts towards uh, getting these, getting one of these two players, and then we were going to end up with just another body, and it would just feel like short term, uh, not building the squad we wanted. Uh, and and it, it, look, for so many years we've been inept in the transfer market, and then Raúl came in, and he was ignore the players who came in. He was at least decisive in making deals happen. You did feel like he, he was a deal maker. And the big question was, now that he's gone, and I'm glad he's gone, but now that he's gone, is, that, is, is Edu going to be capable, Edu and Vinay going to be capable of getting deals done? And it, and it looked like they weren't, um, but, but it looks, but at the end, right at the end, we managed to, managed to pull it off. Ash, where did you think this window was going? Uh, I didn't think the Jorginho thing would happen, but I don't know whether that was I was just so willing for it not to happen that <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of got got that in my mind. The um, I thought the hour stuff yesterday was interesting. I, I genuinely thought we would get him and not party, yeah. um, but look, we ended up where we ended up, and I think I think it was fine until he said in his post match interview yesterday, "I'm staying here." You know, at that point, if the player is saying it, you know, it's no, it's not happening. Yeah, and then I think kind of from when, we, kind of when I got up this morning to to where we ended up, there was this gentle build. Um, the thing for me was once they started to confirm the Terrera news, I thought there was going to be some way we were going to pull, try and pull something off. I know the two deals weren't linked, but I mean, apparently someone walked into the La Liga offices at eleven twenty eight. I'm assuming the Terraria deal was signed at 11.25 or something. <laughs> <laughs> <It> would, uh, <laughs> and someone time. walked in with a massive wad of, uh, wad of euros. And, and I've, got the, uh, I've got the quote from Atleti here. La Liga informed Atletico de Madrid at 11.28pm on yeah. Monday that Arsenal <laughs> representatives have paid the Thomas Party's release clause at the Sports Association <laughs> headquarters. The player has therefore unilaterally terminated his contract with our club, which ran until 2023. That is unbelievably <laughs> ruthless. Oh, by the way, someone should get arrested for that. Well, I mean, it's got to be someone at our club because that's, I mean, that's just super smart. You've read the rules. R- rumor has it, rumor has it, Mikel was last spotted uh, with, a large, <laughs> with a large suitcase in Madrid. <laughs> just on a it quick was, family um, visit. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it, it was kind of nuts as well. And, um, I thought the I, th- I thought the sort of sideshow story that was quite interesting was um, Orlas um, didn't get a deal with Barcelona for Depay, uh, and there were stories that he was trying to rekindle some interest uh, from Arsenal late on. But by then it was over, and I, and I think what um, I think what's clear is that the priority was a creative player. And Arsenal had done their homework and knew if the creative player didn't fall through, they could go really late on Thomas Partey. Um, so the move was brilliant. Um, 
you know, I think Jorginho would have improved Arsenal, but I think that that would have been a a massive, massive wet flannel of a signing. I don't think that would have excited the fan base. And I think that, um, you know, if, we, if we'd run into a few difficult games later on in the season, I think Edu and Arteta would have come under extreme pressure. Um, look, Thomas Partey is a Champions League, you know, he's a Champions League player. Um, he's played at the highest level. He's played in one of the the worst shithousery systems in Europe. He, he must be ruthlessly disciplined because he's played for such a long time under Simeone. Um, now, I don't think many people have been thinking about how our formation w- will be affected by Thomas Partey because I think most people thought that we'd sign Awa. How do you... How do you guys see this shaking out for the way Arsenal play? Because there's so many combinations that are possible. What do you like? Who wins and who loses? I am. Um, I. 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 I know you said Alwa oh, was a, a creative player was a priority. I think this is a much bigger priority, and I think a lot of ex players did as well. But I think the real question is now: now you've got a player like this, do you play permanently with four at the back? And I think that determines a lot of the style of play and the formation we use. Um, and not having that creative player also asks, well, how do you get the two wide players in the team constantly? You know? Matt, are we, are we staying with three at the back? Or do you think we're, um, do you think what, you know, what we saw at the weekend against Sheffield United probably um, charts the path forward? Well, you know, um, uh, Paul, I was listening to Paul Merson, uh, and for once, he was speaking a lot of sense. And he was saying, and I, and I do agree with him on this, he goes, the only reason anyone plays five at the back is because it's if they've got bad defenders. It's the only reason. No, no right. one plays. No Off one plays. George Graham in the last game of the 89 season. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Because uh, they weren't bad. But, um, you know, you, you, you begin to look at it. I think whilst Louise is playing, we're going to play three at the back. Because I don't think he can be trusted in a back four, even with... Gabriel next to him. So I think it's going to be a five for the rest of the season until maybe we buy even more, buy more reinforcements at the back. Um, so I can't necessarily see him stopping, although we may see it in some games, might see it especially in home games. Um, and then, you know, I, I've only seen the various clips of him playing in games. So um, it's sort of difficult to exactly what kind of player is. He looks to have sharp passing. He looks to be the sort of the Vieira type, box to box, very good defensively, um, and all of those pieces. So um, actually, that's changed a lot over the last twenty-four hours in the media coverage. He's, he went from being a defensive midfielder in everyone's opinion to being a box to box midfielder. Yeah, I mean, what would you say he is, Pete? A defensive box-to-box midfielder. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I, I think the, we've signed him because I think he's versatile. Um, you know, there, I, I've been reading, you know, some of the stats nerds saying that they're not particularly impressed with him because, um, you know, he doesn't make a lot of progressive passes. But um, he, he is capable of moving the ball um, forward, playing it fast, um, being intricate, I mean, you know, he's no Meza Ozil, but um, I, I think he's got a, a wider range of passing in his locker than people give him credit for. And I think the the way that Arteta wants to play, I think that he prioritises players that have uh, chameleonic attributes. So I think that um, I think that 
he'll probably open up the game for someone like Xhaka. I mean, I think we're I think we're signing Thomas Partey because he's pretty explosive over short distances, um, which gives us more physicality um, in the middle of the park. He's he's fairly tall, um, he's strong, and um, I, I think that he'll be used in in different ways. I mean, he acts as a great shield. He gives us midfield um, control. Um, I think that Granite Jacker is an incredible passer of the ball, but um, we don't have anybody in the side with the physicality to give him any sort of coverage. I think we tried it with um, Torreira and it didn't work out. So I think that um, he can open up a player um, like Jacker and you know allow him to uh, you know deliver his sort of penetrating balls out out to the wings, or he could end up playing with Danny Ceballos. And I think that. Um, Danny Ceballos is really starting to make his mark on this Arsenal team. Um, he's a bit of an all-action hero, not very good in the in the final third, but I, I, you know he's at least got the pace. And I think you know you play him next to Thomas Partey, um, that's a really solid shield in front of um, in front of hopefully a back four. I, mean, I, third, I hope so. that that's where we're going. I think that's where we are going, and I think I think you're right. And look, the, you've also just described in your your description for versatile. Paul Pogba, and it's probably quite, hopefully, we will be able to make those kinds of comparisons. Obviously, not the Pogba of now, but the Pogba of, you know what I mean, the World Cup final. Um, I, yeah, Ceballos alongside him, I think that's that's the trick. So, I mean, in my head, if who's making way for him, it's, it's granite at the moment, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've got we've got quite a delicious complement of uh, you know <laughs> unappetizing midfielders is a little bit unfair, but um, you know we we were looking at a, a midfield of Moel Nenny as be and, uh, and Granite Jacker, and that wasn't very appetizing. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how um, Arteta deploys him and if he's got other plans. Um, because he doesn't always go with um, the absolute obvious. But I think it's clear that if you sign a player of that calibre, he's going to be starting. So maybe, um, you know, different systems for different games. But um, I'm just I'm just so happy that we've got um, an enforcer. And he really is quick and he's sharp and he closes off spaces really well. Um, I, I, the only, uh, you know, the, the worry that you get when you, you look at like the super comps of these games or even just watching La Liga games, um, you know, which I, you know, I'll, I'll admit I don't do all the time, but I, I jump in time to time. You always wonder how the pace is going to translate to the Premier League because it really is, um, it really is a different, uh, a different gravy. The majority of um, La Liga games are not high tempo, high pace games, in my opinion. You know, there's a there's but a lot of very underfunded Atleti, teams. Atleti do have right? that sort of counter attacking style, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they um, they do have a counter attack. I think is a, kind of a lot of what we're, we're playing. We're almost creating that false counter attack by playing so deep, right? And then trying to get that space in behind the uh, behind the defense, and then getting getting players to run onto it. It is almost like we're trying to generate counter attacking football from the way we play in possession. And I just wonder whether that's one of the reasons the uh, the data told us that he's the kind of player we want. I mean, you have to say what, one of the most pleasing things about uh, this window and, and since actually Arteta came in is how purposeful we've been around squad rebuilding. You know, how, how many, a decade we've been talking about the need for a spine of the team. 
you know, and, and, and you look back and, you know, there was no, just like, like two. Yeah. We'd go and sign two attackers and a winger instead. And, you know, even, even last year, you know, stupid signings. Um, whereas we've now really reinforced ourselves. Um, we've, we've now got a proper spine, you know, Leno, Gabriel, Thomas Partey, and um, Obama Yang. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a Champions League quality spine of the team. And then you've got the two high-quality full-backs. Um, you've got um, good wingers. Um, and really, it's, it's just, we're just missing, you know, um, probably one or two midfielders. But I think it's also, you know, maybe someone in the youth team will step up. Some of the younger kids, you know, maybe a Joe Willock or someone else starts to really come through. Well, that was the thing, isn't it? I mean, um, I think someone was talking about Saka being our second most valuable player now. And Saka, a year ago, had played a one Europa League game. So players can come through fast. And um, the hope must be that we, if we could get enough, if, we, if, we, if, if Smith Rowe, uh, for instance, could become yep. the next Saka, uh, maybe there's no need for Awa. Yeah, and there's definitely um, there's definitely a lot of hype behind the scenes about the potential of um, Smith Rowe. I don't think that he's gone out on loan. I know that they're um, no, I don't think he. Uh, there's still another week, isn't there? With the yeah, a bit longer internally for domestic, right? with the domestics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, you're you're right, Matt. I mean, he did he did really well at Huddersfield, and I know that it's uh, I know that it's a, a lower league division, but they don't like fancy. Uh, Premier League footballers coming down on loan. I'm sure they get the absolute shit kicked out of them. So to to thrive in that league and to look um, physically competent is a, is a good sign. And he's he's a year behind because he got that terrible injury. So it would be um, it would be great to see if if he's got something in the locker. Um, I think the there's a lot of pressure now on um, Nicolas Pepe and Saka to step up. I mean, I think Saka. Um, I, I wrote. Um, this morning that I think that he's um, he's our second best player and I think that that, that holds true but I, I don't know whether we thought that he would be a number 10 or a, or uh, or an 8 but uh, sorry you know like a, or a wide person but I think that he looks extremely capable through the middle he looked great in the second half against Sheffield United at the weekend so um, maybe we've just got to try that. Give the kids the go. It might not work the, in the first season, but uh, you know, if Arteta is this, the developmental coach that we believe him to be, then he's got to develop these players and he's got to work with what he's got, right? Yeah, I heard you. Um, I mean, there's been there's been a few um, uh, rumours, and it could still happen around Ben Rama, the guy in Norwich, the Argentinian. Do we think that there's any uh, any 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 chance of of that that happening in the in the next week? Well, I, you know the thing with the um, the Norwich guy, and again, I don't know where Smith Rowe is in his development, um, but it, it's, you, you could see a, a swap, a, you know, a swap deal yeah. situation going on there. Also with Brentford, I mean, it feels like we've got pretty good ties with Brentford. We keep on stealing their staff. Um, you know, maybe uh, Ben Rama. There's an opportunity to swap him out, um, and you know, we saw how well Ollie Watkins did at the weekend. Yeah. Um, so we can't sniff for. Um, championship players but it, it felt like a bit of a miss to me to to not move on a creative player at all because um you know you're putting a lot of pressure on young players and a and a, and a winger that that hasn't looked fit for purpose 
um, yeah. for, for large chunks of his playing ben, time. Ben Rama really does remind me of maybe a Mares, you know, someone who could, who, who if they came, got the chance, you would, at the moment they're given a chance for somebody, everyone's going to look and go, God, we knew he was good. Why didn't we just, uh, why didn't we just way. do it ourselves? The sort of unorthodox player Wenger would have taken a chance on back in the day. Oh, right. He looks well, Arsene, doesn't he? He does look well, yeah. He does. He's on the old press tour, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's oh, on the. Uh, yeah, he's on the. It wasn't my fault tour um, at the moment. <laughs> uh, and he he's got a he's got a. I nearly took the job um, roster of clubs almost as exciting as he's nearly eleven. Yeah, he's nearly unbelievable. 11. Exactly. He's listed us like twelve well. clubs that he could have gone to. It's like, all right, mate, you, you weren't you, you weren't staying at Arsenal. Uh, unrewarded you took a lot of money out of uh, a, the, a club that had was, nothing going for it financially a, for a long time he was he's arguably a, the best paid manager in the league in the world he was like a top three manager yeah, in the world the, yeah. the only person getting paid more money than him was Gunnosaurus oh yeah I know <laughs> I, 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 I yeah we'll, we'll, we'll touch on um, the PR debacle around Gunnosaurus a little bit later on but I thought that, that was uh a fucking disaster. Having to sign Thomas Party uh, to to cover up the bad news of of sacking yeah. your mascot is uh, beyond the pale. Um, so, um, so yeah, we didn't we didn't sign uh, we didn't sign OR. And um, one of the you know the the same question comes up time and time again. Meza Özil didn't leave. Meza Özil is an incredible creator. Uh, he can play in the half spaces. Um, he's got that you know. When he when he fancies it, he thinks half a second quicker than anyone else. Um, do you think we're just going to leave him to rot all year, or do you think that um, Arteta might say, "You know what? I am fucking desperate for top four. I've just signed a, a brilliant player. Maybe Meza uh, Özil will want to come to the party if uh, if we've got you know an opportunity to compete in a in a fucking crazy season." To be honest, right? So, what what do you think the um, what do you think the chances are of a uh, uh, one more one more go for uh, for Meza? I mean, we'd all love to see it, wouldn't we? Let's be honest. Because I, I, I think it'll happen. I, I don't think it'll happen. I think he's Arteta is. It, it, it's 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 about his him showing control, and I think that the Ozil, the, the Gwendozi, uh the promotion of like youth. Um, the performances that you're seeing now, I mean, they're very un-Arsenal-like performances. Or un-Arsenal, I mean, this is like, we're like going back to George Graham days in terms of commitment. Yeah, commitment, you know, every game you know that we will fight to the death. Uh, we're becoming more ruthless. We've got, def- people have been t- talking about Arsenal and defensive structure in the same breath. And the problem with Meza Ozil is as soon as you bring him into the mix, all those things become less likely. You're less likely to be have that defensive per- structure. You've, you've got a f- one person there that just isn't doing that. I mean, to be fair, that used to be the case when, you know, in George Graham's days where they'd be like, you know, Dennis, you don't get involved or Thierry, you don't get involved. Robert Perez is another one. You, you don't get involved in any of the dirty stuff. That's fine. But I think in those days we had so much quality in, the, in, in our defensive structure it was fine I think it takes time for that to happen you're right maybe he won't get a chance because of that so I heard um, I, you know, I, I heard some rumblings about you know what the problem is 
is I think that, and I think it's a cocktail of, of issues that have led to where he is right now. I think first of all, um, there's a, there's a pattern to his behavior um, in the like, and his injuries. Uh, you know, I don't think that there is a lot of belief in some of the niggles, um, aches and pains that, you know, he gets uh, randomly. Um, obviously the pay, um, you know, he didn't take the pay cut. Um, there's uncorroborated stories um, that we've heard about him, you know, being kind of vocal about being the smart one um, on, you know, not taking a pay cut. I'm not sure that I totally believe those stories, but that, that that's out there. But I heard them. Um, I, I heard one of the, the bigger problems was that when the team were doing um, Zoom calls, um, he, he wouldn't show. And um, the, you know, Arteta gives players homework and they, you know, they have to assess their performance and they have to watch the preparation videos. And I've, I've, I've heard that Meza Ozil was not doing that. And obviously they can see. Um, Maybe if we put the videos inside Fortnite, he'd watch them. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, um, but, you know, you can, you can understand, you know, if you've got a player that, that isn't pulling his weight on any level and just thinks that eventually it will go to shit and you'll have to call on him um, that's a big problem, which is why the Europa League is potentially quite interesting because we've got a whole bunch of like very able players um, that we can use to take the hit for the first team. Um, you know, you've got Mustafi, Socrates, you've got um, Cal Chambers, Reese Nelson, all players that were considered to go out uh, uh, in the window. If you can have a, um, if you can have Meza Ozil in there and he, you know, puts in a performance. Uh, away uh, in Ireland, of, of all places. <laughs> yeah, like, unbelievable. Imagine, imagine uh, how those Dundalk fans are feeling right now. Um, good for them. Yeah, good for them. But maybe, maybe there's a way back. You know, the, the, the thing with Meza is like, if he doesn't play this year, what, what value is he going to have anywhere in the world? Who's going to take a chance on him when he's out of contract? Well, it begs the question, why don't you just pay him off? cancel his contract, take the financial hit somehow in one, one thing and just move forward. I don't think just they had the cash you, you to pay him to an from. agreement with this kind of stuff. I mean, like... I think he'll probably go in January. Um, it'll be yeah, a cut price to, deal. It's weird to think there's another transfer window in 12 weeks. I know, yeah. yeah crazy, right? And it'd be interesting to see if... Um, if the financial health of any top clubs becomes a, a real problem by then, you know, I wonder if there are any fire sales sales because um, what, what's going on with the premier league? If there are no fans in the stadium, are we, um, are, are, are we selling those games to season ticket holders? Is there a digital pass yet? I don't think there's been any confirmation there, right? No, I think it's it's all up in the air at the moment. I mean, people there were supposed to be fans returning for the first time for the Sheffield United game. Um, obviously, didn't happen. Um, I mean, the second wave of coronavirus looks like it's going to be going all the way. To, it's just starting now, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, look at what's happening in the US. Um, so I think it's going to go on. To, I don't think we're going to see fans in the stadium this, this in 2020 at the moment. Would be my my prediction. I don't know what you think, yeah, Ash. I, I think it'll be sort of around Easter time if it happens this season. Uh, and Ash, I know you—you know—you've got experience um, in the in the world of broadcast um, 
you know your area of expertise uh, if if they uh, if they introduce digital season tickets um this season um you know potentially next because we don't know how quick a vaccine is going to come out once you once you let the genie out of the bottle uh, is there a way of putting it back in after or is that like you know are do companies that run these tv deals like once that's out and then they can See, do it, is, yeah, is, that, you, is that financially? I, I, I mean, it's hard to know without going into the, the deals, but the way I suspect these things are structured or, or like the broadcasters will be, if we're going to broadcast games, well, we're your partners and this is who it goes through. And it's part of me selling my package. Um, I think if the clubs or the Premier League try to break off the games that wouldn't have been televised and sell those directly. I don't know. I, I mean, not only that, do they have the infrastructure and a mechanism to do it uh, without the broadcasters? And the answer is probably not. So I think you're in a bit of a catch 22 with it. Sorry. Um, I mean, um, would, uh, um, would the, the TV companies sell on behalf as like a Yeah, I think that's what has to happen. I think that's what has to happen. But do you think do you think after we've you know we've got fans back in the stadiums, do you think clubs will say no more of that? Or do you think uh the TV companies will say, look, there is a huge market around the world for Arsenal season tickets through us, we'll give you yeah. this percentage cut and that will bump your revenue up do you think that well, is, think, is that the future that we can't stop i think that's an around the world question versus the uk right because the uk is one of the few leagues in the world that has this we don't show every game on television i mean the bundesliga every game is on la liga every game is on Serie A every game is on and if you live outside the uk we get every game anyway so you know yes um so i think I think it would, if they did it, it would be a short-term domestic thing. But I think the broadcasters will push back and say, the reality is we've lost so much revenue with the way the season's been structured and been changed that actually we need these extra games to hold up the value for the investment we've made. And I think that's the case they'll make to the Premier League. Um, the Prem- and, you know, the Premier League may not want to piss off the people that pay and bankroll their sport. So, so uh, do you think that, um, do you think that this is a sort of a side question, but one thing we haven't heard much about is how the players, whether the players seem to mind playing in empty stadiums. You never hear players complaining about it. Well, do you they're think still getting, they're getting paid. But do, do you think it, well, that's the question. Do you think there are some players who are actually enjoying it more because it's easier? Or do you think there are, there are players who don't like it so much because they love the big crowds? What, what's your sense? I was having this conversation really about cricket the other day because I think now's the perfect time to make your test debut if you're a county player because you're used to playing in front of no one, right? And you haven't got that pressure. I think it's interesting with players. I think some players do thrive on that adrenaline and want that buzz. Um, but I, I can't help Arsenal. thinking. I can't help thinking it's a massive advantage for Arsenal that we're not playing in front of crowds. I, I totally agree with that. What do I you think, think Pete? I, I think if you've got, I think if you've got a young team, uh, 
and a crowd like Arsenal's, <laughs> I think it's a massive advantage. I mean, like Grant, Granite Jacker, I know that he was coming to life under Arteta anyway, but, you know, for him to, um, to have the impact that, um, that, that he had on our second half of the season, you know, must partially have been down to um, a lack of fans. But I, I, think, um, I think it's been great for the, the Arsenal team in particular because Arteta is so vocal and he's constantly coaching the players through every single moment. So for them to be able to hear him, it all, like the, the game goes from being 90 minutes of not really hearing your coach or only hearing him at the start and the middle to it's, it's, a, it's a live coaching session every single time. So I think, um, I think it's been a tremendous advantage to teams like Arsenal. And I also think it's been a massive disadvantage to you know, clubs with... Uh, clubs like Liverpool, right? Those, uh, you know, Liverpool gets smashed 7-2 by Villa. Does that happen with fans in the ground? Yeah. Maybe not, right? Maybe not. Um, yeah. no, so, no cop, no away fans, I suppose. Yeah, that's fair. So um, j- just back on, uh, just, just before we leave the um, the TV bit, it's, it's interesting how, you know, the Bundesliga has just come to um, the, the ESPN app uh, and it's brilliant. Like you log on, Every game is laid out in front of you. I mean, they've got a whole bunch of leagues, but it's just so easy. I just flick to what I want. They've got this functionality yeah. where you can watch three that's or four a, games at once. New, that's the beginning of a new deal. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, it's a beginning of a new deal. But the, um, for the football fan, I mean, imagine being able to log on to an app and you can watch two or three games concurrently on the same screen. I would love that. But um, I, think we're, I think we're at that point in, in most parts of the world. You know, yeah, yeah. So it will be interesting to see whether um, whether the Premier League is strong armed. But I like, you know, I like that point that maybe um, maybe the the TV companies that have had all sorts of problems off the back of this, um, eat, you know, get extra value out of it by demanding um, the the Premier League catches up with the rest of the leagues in Europe. Um, okay, so um, you think that we could uh, we could put in a title challenge? I mean, you want to say yes, because look, if Leicester City uh, could do it all those years ago, you know, with solid foundations, an elite striker and all the luck in the world, why not? But I, I don't know. It's, um, it's going to be down to injuries, isn't it? Because yeah. we've, got, we've got strength in certain parts of the squad and that's fine, but we lose two or three at once. And you're starting to play some of the players that we should have shipped on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you get if you get an injury to Aubameyang, you're fucked, right? Yeah. With like Eddie Nketiah is probably not going to kick it up a level. Uh, Balogun is too young. Martinelli, you know, we don't know what shape he's going to come back in. Um, I, I think it's too early for that. But what, what I will say is, I do believe now that we are creating a foundation to challenge um, in two seasons' time. If we get Champions League football this year and we have a good summer next summer, what, you know, it's all there to, to compete I, the year after. Well, that also brings an interesting point because I think Aurora was being bought, yes, for an immediate impact, but more with a long-term mindset, especially knowing that Ceballos is going back. It's unlikely he's going to stay for a third season unless we spunk a fortune on him. Yeah, well, I wonder whether, uh, I think a while, um, rumour is that he was, um, uh, had a call with Zidane. And that's, yeah, that's yeah and Zidane right. would have said, I'll buy you next year, stay put. Yeah. yeah. 
That's ex- I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I, you know, but you know the, the the interesting thing about the league um, this season, which I think is working to everybody's benefit. Uh, Manchester City have lost um, the invincibility. You know, they lost that last season. You know, they had a terrible season. They dropped twenty. Well, they lost. They lost Arteta. They lost Arteta. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone thinks it's Vincent Company. It's Mikel, mate. It's Mikel. But the the you know Man City lost the aura last season, and it went to shit. And they finished you know pretty badly compared to where they've been the two seasons before. That Liverpool defeat wasn't just a defeat; it was a destruction. And Liverpool now go on a you know Liverpool players go on a two week international break. Then they come back and they face Everton. They could get smashed by Everton, who are in fantastic form. And then they go Everton into a Champions really League game. Good. And they could go on quite a bad run of, um, of losing games. And now, teams, like, t- I feel like teams have clicked. You know, two seasons of, of Liverpool, and they're starting to suss them out. You know, like even the Arsenal game, I know we were battered. But, you know, Lacazette, Lacazette scores those two chances... Um, where we got in behind easily, you know, that's a completely different game. So I, I think that Liverpool are going to drop a level this season. And if we're being more realistic, because obviously we're going for fourth, what do we think of... Um, I, I thought Spurs weren't going to have a good season and now Mourinho has put a good little run together and they've, they've hit some form. Do you think Spurs are going uh, are going to have a good season? I think Man, the most at risk in the top four has got to be United. I, I, well, I, I oh, think won't um, be in it, and I think Chelsea will be interesting. I think there'll be six clubs, and I think Everton will be in the mix, and Spurs will be in the mix. But so, yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think, but um, and, and maybe this is just my my disdain for Spurs. But did you know when a victory is is too big to read anything into? You know, when a team is so bad, it's difficult to read. Like no one's saying Aston Villa are going to win the you know the Premier League this season, and Spurs have been all over the place with the way that they play. That first half against Southampton was a disgrace. Um, and United was so bad and so disorganised that I, I, don't know whether I, I don't know whether I'm quite like, oh, wow, Mourinho's cracked it. I mean, I know Spurs are playing a, a bit, you know, more of a pressing game. But, um, you know, I think that that might be, come as a surprise to teams right now. But I think, we'll, I think teams will have sussed that by later on in the, in the transfer window. But the, like, do, do, do you know what I mean? The, like, do, do you we, think that, that, that Mourinho is yeah, all I of think, a sudden going to fix think, problems? So I think the United game flattered them a little bit, um, uh, and uh, you know, but we live in the hope that Mourinho's so bad he's sacked by Christmas. And then, and then, and then Chelsea have bought some. I mean, on paper they they've had an unbelievable summer. Um, well, two transfer windows worth, haven't they? Having had the ban the previous year. Yeah, so my only hope is that is, is Lampard really that that he's not the and and just so many players that it's going to take a long time to bed in in any shape or form. I mean, it's, it's they bought a half a first team. You know, they bought yeah. Mendes, Chilwell, Zayek, Werner, Mendy, uh, Havertz. I mean, and all of those are, are, are you know ready for the first team on paper. I'm surprised so they let Barkley go on loan, by the way. He's not very good, is he? Yeah, he, good he's, he looked really good against <laughs> Liverpool. I mean, he fluffed his lines to be fair, he is, uh, to, be, uh, to be fair, he is from the blue side of that town, so maybe he was... Uh... 
Apparently, uh, him and Grealish uh, went for dinner t- earlier in the week and caught up. And he was just like, imagine what would happen on a night at Birmingham with Grealish and Ross Barkley. Could you imagine what their conversation over dinner was like? <laughs> no decorum on that table. No decorum on that table. I'm not going to say anything because I'll probably end up on some kind of charge. For, so. <laughs> So, guys, uh, we're beating around the bush. Now we've signed uh, Thomas Partey. Uh, hopes and dreams for the season. What do you think? I, I think top four is the, is the hope. Um, I think that's as good as we can hope for. Um, because, you know, the, the season is bonkers. Um, but we've given ourselves half a chance. Um, and, you know, you have to say... Despite everything, you know, Liverpool and City are shooing uh, for one and two. And then I think, being realistic, Chelsea probably third. And then I think it's between us, Spurs and United for the fourth spot. But I think that... Do you think Everton not, will implode? No, I, I mean, they could also challenge. But I just, I just, I just think that, 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 that on an odd basis, they'd be one, one place behind us. Oh, yeah, um, totally. I think that's fair. And and so, think, and so and yeah. so it really is just a question of, but I think that our, that our manager, who I think is top notch, uh, I think our stability, because fundamentally, if we beat all the crap teams, um, we're going to have a really good chance. If we can be consistent, um, we'll, we'll be. And I think I think Mikel's brought that stability, that security defensively. I mean, we're suddenly one of the most, one of the sort of top four or five secure security wise defensively strong teams in the league now. I mean, we don't often concede more than one. Um, the question is going to be whether we can unlock some goals. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say we could, we could sneak into fourth. I think that's a realistic, that's, that's a hope and an expectation. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, think I, I, I think that seeing how well, you know, I think you made a point a little bit earlier, that you know, since Raul was gone, every single signing makes sense and it solves some sort of problem. And um, you know, we haven't spoken about him, but Gabriel has looked immense. He looks like our best defender um, already, in my in my opinion, through the middle. Um, and I think that if Thomas Partey hits the ground running, um, you know, we're a, we're a force. We're we're a physical force now. And um, if Arteta can somehow unlock creativity going forward and, you know, because we need to start averaging more shots on target um, than, than someone like West Brom, then I think the, I think the top four is definitely on this season. And I think that there's going to be an implosion at United. And I think everybody's got to remember, like Carlo Ancelotti went to Bayern Munich and the players said that, you know, his training sessions weren't very intense and they found him boring. And I know that anything after Pep is quite boring. Um, but, you know, he got kicked out of there and then he went to Napoli, Napoli and got found out by Unai Emery in the Europa League. And, you know, I think that they've got a lot of players that are really... But he pushed... I mean, he got Napoli to within, you know, on the last day. I don't think he did as good a job. I don't, think, I, th- I don't think he did as good a job as, um, as Sarri did. I think that he fell away. Yeah. I think Sarri got, Sarri got to within a point. I mean, look, here's the other thing. They've, they've got an owner willing to spend the money, a man that was once invested in our club. So, Yeah, I mean, James Rodriguez looks great now, but you know, he, he's, he's a great player. It's just he can't do it for more than 30 games. So um, 
it'd be interesting to see whether he goes Meza Ozil when it starts getting cold. But, you know, he, he looks electric at the moment. Let's see where we are. Like, well, back well, in a horse after three games is, um, yeah, is so not, not usually the best way forward, right? Let me, let me ask you this question because, you know, we've got our hardest run of games. It's probably our next four or five games. We've got uh, Leicester, uh, United, City. Uh, City. City and Villa. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of tough games. Uh, so, um, you know, do we think that if we could come out of that with, you know, I think I think we, we talked about how many points we need. If we could come out with that with eight out of 12, do we think that would, I mean, that, that could really, that's, we're really going to know what our season's going to look like in the next, after the next four or five games, really, aren't we? Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, that's, I think that's completely fair. And I, you know, in answer to the original question, I think we were, Definitely on for fifth slash sixth, pretty comfortably, unlike the eighth of uh, the season just gone. But I think, I think with the, the players we've bought, that means we are definitely in with a shout in the top four. But it's anything's gonna ha- could happen at this stage. We've seen some Jacqueline Hyde stuff go on, right? Yeah, I, I think um, I think these next four games are really important um, because. We're not normally good at going to uh, you know big teams when they're not playing well, and we need to bury United uh, and you know get a bit of revenge um, for for last season. I think it was in the league. No, we beat them in the league, didn't we? Not away though. Not away. We haven't beaten them away since yeah. 2006, I think. Apart so from in the FA Cup, but it would be great yeah. to get a bit of a revenge there. It'd be great to kick Pep when he's down. And um, it would be great to uh, have another brilliant performance against, you know, an, another solid performance against Leicester because um, they've got a great squad. But yeah, I agree. If we, if we come out of that run of games with eight points, I think it's time to, to start believing. But isn't it crazy how competitive the league is this year? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about Aston Villa. I mean, they've got some brilliant players in that, you know. They haven't got depth though. I mean, they haven't got any depth. No, but like Barkley, like Grealish looks absolutely electric. Ollie Watkins is going to cause us all sorts of problems. Uh, uh, Douglas in in midfield, it's whew, like um, you know they, they've signed some very and they've exciting got a great players. keeper. They've got a great keeper. Emi Martinez is a great keeper, though. He did. Uh, I, he did make I a, also think Tyrone Mings is a pretty solid centre half, actually. Yeah, John Terry loves uh, Tyrone Mings, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a good. Um, I think it's going to be a good season, right, guys? I mean, at least like, we've got a chance, I mean, look, right? We're looking forward to this more than any other season we've looked forward to in the last seven or eight years, I think. Is that fair? Maybe even... Well, I was looking forward to last season, <laughs> believe it or not. We, signed... <laughs> <laughs> we, signed... we thought we'd... we thought Don Raul had won the transfer window. and then. <laughs> I, I, don't, don't you think, though... At like... And then we appointed five captains. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, um, this is something I was writing about yesterday. I think football fans, when we're in a transfer window, equate <laughs> uh, millions spent to guaranteed points. And last season showed that that, that isn't true. We signed Saliba, who's having to go back out on loan. Nicholas <laughs> Pepe, who can barely get in the first team. That 100 million on two players that aren't ready for the first team this year th- did not look good. But this season... I mean, Gabriel looks brilliant. I think Willian, um, although he's expensive, um, you know, he'll be effective throughout the season. And then uh, this signing of Thomas Partey opens up a whole world of possibilities. So, I, I mean, I have, to, I have to say on the Willian signing, I don't see the point. 
I just completely and utterly don't see the point of that signing because he, he, so far this season, he's played well in one game. Uh, the rest of the game, I think he's been bang average. Um, and um, he's taking up a place and a lot of money. So um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with, with, with the William signing, personally. Yeah, let's wait and see. I'm gonna I think that's a, a wait and longer. see as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we've really played I, that. But I, totally, I do see your point, Matt. It's very hard to not get to that conclusion. Well, just when we've got players like Pepe and then we've got Reese Nelson. I mean, is William any better than Reese Nelson? I, I think that Arsenal were trying to shift on Reese Nelson. I think that I think that in it, like it, I think they would have got twenty-five million for him any other season. But I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody bit on that. But. Uh, yeah, let's let's hope that William comes good. But we've had a good summer and we're happy, right? Yeah, totally. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Right, so uh, it's going to be uh, the international break. So I would expect that we'll regroup um, after that as we gear up for a tough run. Why, of I mean, games. why is there the only thing in coronavirus that has stayed constant is a fucking <laughs> international break? <laughs> it it's like a coronavirus. Just get yeah. rid of it. Does, it anyone, comes... does anyone still watch England? Three, uh, uh, three. Is it three games? They, they just need to. They just need to like just scrap it and just let's just play the Euros next year and be done with it. Yeah, yeah we I know who's qualified. Like, leave it alone. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you right. for joining. Um, Good stuff. Uh, a great window. Nice to celebrate it with you. Um, and we'll, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, um, leave that five star review and share it with this podcast with your friends. And we'll be back throughout the season on the regular. So thank you for joining. Ciao for now. Bye. Cheers. Nice. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.